benched. Hi everyone and welcome to the Dodging Sleep podcast. Uh, My name is Ian Carlson. Wherever and whenever you're listening to us, I hope you're having a very pleasant day. Um, We are recording this on the 30th of June, so as regular listeners will know, we always start with our On This Day in Dodger history. So on this day, 30th of June, back in 1962, a little-known pitcher called Sandy Koufax became the first Dodger left-hander to throw a no-hitter since Nap Rucker accomplished the feat back in 1908. Um, he kept the Mets hitless, hitless in, a, in a 5-0 victory and also struck out the first three batters he faced on nine pitches to start the game with an immaculate innings. wonder what happened to him. Um, right, on the pod this week, we've got uh, young Ian. Mr. Blees, how are you doing, Ian? Really good, thanks, Ian. Really good. Just to shoehorn this in right at the very start, I hit my first home run in five years on the weekend. Now I've said it and I'll be quiet. <laughs> what a star. What a star. And also, um, and as ever, doing all of the, the wizardry and te- techie stuff behind the scenes as well, we got got Leon. How are you doing, Leon? Uh, very busy, but very good, thank you. Been, uh, been away for a, a while, but I think we've all been extremely busy, haven't we? So it's uh, yeah. nice to be taking a break and talking about Dodgers for, uh, for a bit. Indeed, indeed. And and Leon, I've got to ask you, do you do you out of interest, do you know anybody who may have hit a home run recently? Have you come across anybody? Uh, there's no, nothing on the internet suggesting anyone sort of that I might know hit a home run recently. Didn't see any Facebook posts or anything. I started a TikTok account just for that reason. Take a like our uh, good friend uh, Mr. Oweda by any chance, sir. Well, as, as Leon says, it's been it's been a while. So apologies for all our listeners out there if you've missed us. We've all been a bit bit manic, but hopefully we'll get back on a more regular regular slot over the next few weeks. But um, as ever, we start with our well, it's normally our review of the week. But having not been here for a while, review of the week just seemed a bit dumb. So we're just going to do a bit of a review. And I kind of drew the line at the Guardian series. So we got. Um, uh, a 2-1 loss to them, a 3-0 sweep of the Reds, a 2-1 win against the Braves, and then we're 1-2 down against, so we lost 1-2 against the Rockies. So seven wins out of 12, I guess that's a review of a week and a bit. Um, Ian, what do you, uh, what do you make, what did you make of all of that? Uh, not entirely sure where to start when reviewing the, the last 12 games, really. It all looks you know, uh, great wins against Atlanta. Um, I'm sure we'll be revisiting um, the Atlanta uh, series again shortly. Um, but, you know, at, at various points in time, it looks like we're all clicking. Everything's working. Everything's doing wonderfully. Uh, Tony Gonsolin has continued to dominate, uh, you know, making a strong case for starting the All-Star game up to this point. Um and then we go and drop games to uh, drop series uh, to, to Colorado. It, it's all very confusing. Something isn't quite clicking. Uh, and I think uh, as the season goes on, we'll start to see um, Friedman and the guys start to make a few moves, I think, to, uh, to, to, to iron a few kinks out. Yeah, it's, it, it's with all the, the injuries, it's, 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 it's 
it's tough to call it, isn't it? Because you, you, you look at it and go, well, we're, we're doing OK with a lot of people out. But then you think, how long can we maintain it? And, and coming on to the trade point, which I'm sure we'll discuss in a future pod, thinking about how, how much do you throw away if you've got a few people out with injuries and it's all a bit wobbly anyway, you're better off just making do and hoping for the best and going again next year if you need to. But um, Leon, what, what were your thoughts on the, on the last sort of 12 games? Uh, for, the, for the most part, pretty decent. Um, I don't really think the Indians series, although we lost it, I don't think we played that badly. I think there was a bit of a meltdown from the bullpen at the end of the Sunday game. Um, the Reds get, uh, Red series was was fun. Um, the Atlanta series turned out well. Uh, in the end, there were some ups and downs in that. And then it's back to this little frustrating series against the Rockies, which I think probably 75% of all Dodgers fans would probably expect it because um, Coolsville does that to people and, and to baseball teams. Um, a few concerns would be the bullpen, uh, the injuries. Obviously, we lost uh, Daniel Hudson for the season now, uh, again, which is a really unfortunate injury. Um, so there's a few little gaps. I mean, Freddie was very hot. We've done it without bets for the most part as well after Cody sort of wrecked him, uh, as he seems to do sort of fairly often at the moment to people who sort of join him in the outfield. Um, but again, we've, we're there or thereabouts. The, the Padres have been losing when we've been losing, so they've not really managed to close the gap. The Giants have sort of uh, still sort of a, uh, an, an arm's length away. So to have not played the best baseball that we were, the baseball that we're capable of and to have picked up injuries and, and still be top of the division. Um, it's, it can only really be a positive at this point. Yeah, it's almost in some ways the, the season's shaping up the way a lot of us thought it would last year in the sense it's as against San Diego with, with the Giants sort of a fair few games back. Clearly, it all went a bit about face last year with the Giants having an amazing year. But but yeah, this in the division as a whole, it feels like it's shaping up as you would expect on paper at the moment. It's gonna, And I suspect it will go to the wire. Um, what we really need, I guess, to, 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 to keep winning and stay at the top of the division is a bit of a dream team, which is my rather cheesy segue into the into the next section. Um, as, as you may remember from the last pod, we, we're, we're building our own Dodgers dream team, uh, not of all time because we're not all that old, but but sort of from around around 2010 onwards. Um, Last time we did first base, and with a unanimous vote from everybody on the on the uh, on the pod, Adrian Gonzalez got the gig. Um, so this week we're going to do second base. Um, perhaps one obvious candidate, maybe a second, perhaps less so obvious candidate. Who knows? We we, we could all just settle on one person very easily. But I'm going to um, I'm going to hand over to um, Ian and Leon to, to to talk us through their thoughts on this. Um, Who'd like to go first? Uh, why don't we go? Why don't we go with Leon? Who, who, who would you like to pick for your dream team? So, what what I'll do here is I'll we'll just rule out a hell of a lot of people because um, obviously regular watchers of the Dodgers will be aware that we've we, we've not really settled on a second baseman um, in the last decade or so. So from 2010, the characters that um, are falling out of contention immediately, or we're we're drawing them from contention. Are Blake Dewitt, uh, Jamie Carroll, uh, who we found out uh, totaled 16 RBIs in 120 something games in uh, 2011, which is with a 290 batting average, which is dumbfounding to be quite honest. Uh, Mark Ellison sat in there for a couple of years. Uh, JT, 2014. Howie Kendrick in 2015, who was then replaced by one Chase Utley. Um, we also then uh, traded for uh, Mr. Logan Forsyth, who I think we all really wanted to like, but he never really did the job for us. 
uh, and then Kike Hernandez uh, stepped up to the plate. And then we've had Gavin Lux and Chris Taylor over the last couple of years. Uh, but my pick for this uh, role is uh, Chase Utley. Um, now, it's probably fair to say that we got him at the tail end of his career when he's, his production had diminished somewhat. Um, most famous for his spell with the Phillies where he won a world championship and swore uh, as he uh, at the parade, which made him very popular in Philadelphia. I won't repeat what he said, but it's, uh, it's a good watch. Um, so he signed at the tail end of 2015 and his perhaps his most famous moment with the Dodgers came in that stretch uh, in the uh, postseason uh, where he uh, broke uh, Ruben Tarder's leg and that led to a Chase Utley rule um, around breaking up plays at second base. Um, I'm still of the opinion that he didn't mean to break Tarder's leg. I thought it was a bad feed and a, a silly attempt at a, a pivot uh, probably amplified by sort of a playoff scenario uh, and the Mets hated him from that point. Um, he followed that up the next season with an incredibly big moment, um, probably one of baseball's most famous moments over the last few years after a, uh, a leaked audio uh, of, of umpires uh, discussing a, uh, an ejection. So he had Noah Syndergaard throwing at Chase Utley. Uh, Utley, you missed him, but um, it then led to the ejection and the umpire's ass has been in the jackpot. Um, in that game, Chase certainly came back big. Um, he was getting absolutely destroyed by the Mets crowd, but he came back with a solo home run and then a grand slam. Uh, and they uh, hated him even more. Um, he also had a big moment in the uh, NLDS against the Nationals in Game 4, um, where he hit a 2 RBI single to break a tie. Took us to Game 5, which then led to Game, uh, you know, one of my favourite Dodger games of all time, which is the Game 5 against the Nationals. Uh, it was a fantastic, it was a great job by his Peterson home run. Um, in terms of his Dodgers production, wasn't particularly fantastic. His batting stats weren't great. He only hit 26 home runs. Um, the most important factor for me for Chase Utley was uh, his importance as a teammate to the Dodgers. Uh, he was a great mentor to players such as Jack Peterson, uh, Kike Hernandez, who I think we'll be talking about shortly, uh, and Austin Barnes. Uh, Kershaw um, stayed what you know, a great influence he was and what a great person he was. Uh, and for me, he was the first veteran of that that era uh, that you know the Dodgers took on board, uh, and it's since led to you know the great veterans such as David Fries and Albert Pujols, who you know take on a very specific role with the Dodgers at the end of their career. Uh, and provide great advice to our youngsters coming through. So for me, Chase Utley, uh, his importance to the Dodgers uh, was is, is highlighted by how important he was as a teammate. Chase Utley, you are mine. Thank you, Leon. Um, over to you, um, Mr. Bleeds, our resident um, home run hitter. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> won't be saying that for long. Yeah. Um, so uh, just to just to come back on there, 2014. Um, so you mentioned there Justin Turner. Justin Turner started opening day as the, the second baseman for the Dodgers. Our uh, our first our second baseman that year for the for the for the predominant was our only All Star second baseman uh, of the last decade, and that was one D Gordon, who had a phenomenal year in 2014. Now, D. Strange Gordon in in, uh, in memory of his mother. Um, now, I'm not going to dig too much into D. Gordon because uh, we probably all know that after he uh, left the Dodgers, he did get a PED ban when he was playing with the Marlins uh, and therefore I no longer care about his achievements. 
Um, so I'm going to uh, gloss on, but just wanted to make sure that D Gordon was in the conversation as well. So uh, in terms of appearances, uh, Chase Utley, 290 appearances at second base. Mark Ellis, 229. And next on the list with 166 and in the position uh, through uh, through to the end of 2019. Now he might, I would imagine he probably finished up somewhere around 180 uh, was Kike Hernandez. Um, now for me, this conversation comes down to the two players. It comes down to Chase Utley. It comes down to Kike Hernandez. There is no doubt in anyone's mind, anyone who knows baseball knows that if you want to pick the best player in their prime, then it's Chase Utley. He's probably the best second baseman of the last 20 years. Um, he's, uh, 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 he, he's, he's that good. Um, his achievements, predominantly with Philadelphia Phillies, it has to be said, um, are, are, are second to none. He was an outstanding player. And Leon is absolutely correct to recognise his, uh, his significance as a veteran in the dugout. Um, and I, I, can't really, I can't really fault it. Um, uh, but for me, I'm going to build a case for Kike Hernandez. Um, simply because I think as a Dodger... Kike Hernandez has done more than Chase Utley did. The only argument can be is uh, can be whether or not his his uh, the fact that he played less games in the position would would make him less valid as a choice at second uh, as, as a choice at second base. So uh, Kike Hernandez, his batting average uh, uh, over that time is two forty, which is actually better than Chase Utley's was at the time, although you would never think that when you think back on the career of Chase Utley. Uh, he had 63 home runs uh, uh, in, in, that, uh, in that period as well, whereas Chase Utley hit 26 um, uh, over a shorter window of time, it has to be said. Um, so that, uh, so uh, Kike came in 2015, and these stats are through till the end of 2019. Um, uh, so uh, there's, there's, an, there's an extra year on there uh, for, for Kike at the, at the time of this. Um, defensively, again, as a Dodger, defensively, uh, there's no contest. Kike Hernandez was the better, was the better second baseman. There, 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 there can be no debate on that subject. You can look at any, any of these metrics that, that, they, that they throw out there these days, defensive war. Um, Kike was a far more athletic player and he was considered to be one of the best second basemen in the game. One of the reasons he chose to leave the Dodgers after we won the World Series is because he wanted to go and play the same position uh, all the time. And he wanted to be able to commit to a position and be the best player that he can be, uh, rather than, as the Dodgers were going to had done with him for years, which was because of his versatility defensively, moving him around quite a lot. Um, Kike Hernandez... Outshines every every other player that has, that has donned the Dodgers uniform and played second base statistically. I didn't expect that when I researched this. Uh, I actually thought that there would be other players statistically better than him. I thought it was going to be down to uh, his character and his clubhouse. And it's interesting that's the argument that Leon has made for uh, for, uh, uh, for for Chase Utley because I think if you think about the characters of the game. Uh, and uh, those people who've had the, the, the you know the fan base and uh, have, have uh, managed to endear themselves to fans across there, probably 
Kike Hernandez is a long way ahead of Chase Utley in that conversation. They are very different, very different people. I think it's great that it comes down to these two. They had a fantastic dynamic. We were discussing before we came on air about the uh, the best dad T-shirt that that Kike uh, the Kike wore because uh, he saw Chase Utley as a mentor. And I think these two would be delighted to be part of uh, part of this conversation. To, to the fact that that on such a prestigious podcast as this, we've decided it comes down to comes down to these two. Um, but for me, it's Kike Hernandez. Uh, I I could throw a few more statistics in there, but it's more about it's more about painting out the fact that Chase Utley wasn't that good rather than pointing as a Dodger, as a Dodger, um, than, uh, than it was about, than it was about, um, than it is about Kike being, being amazing. Um, and I just think that, that that's kind of, that's kind of where we're at. You know, Chase Utley is one of the best players uh, in his position of the last, of the last 20, 25 years, no doubt about it in my mind as a Dodger, Kike Hernandez was more significant, more important, and gets my vote for the spot on the dream team. Um, just needed to mention as well that you mentioned, obviously, uh, you felt like Kike was a much better defender. But Chase Utley made two of the best defensive players I've ever seen a Dodger, Dodger make. Um, so I'm going to go with the one. There was one which was, admittedly, it was a, a bit of an error on him in the first place, um, but he did a behind-the-back throw, not looking at first base at all, and it was straight to a guns glove. And then there was uh, also a ridiculous catch in the eighth inning against uh, the Pirates where uh, the, the Rich Hill no-no hitter uh, where we lost it in extra innings where he made just an unbelievable catch to keep the, uh, the no-hitter intact um, up until we ruined it by not scoring any runs and then giving up a home run in the end. Um, but yeah, I just thought I, I just had to mention those two incredible moments that Chase that he had um, defensively. Excellent. Thank you both. It's interesting. The, the True Blue LA website ran a, uh, a sort of a dream team, team of the decade in a couple of years ago, and it came down to these two in their votes. Um, pretty close, both in terms of numbers of votes and, uh, and percentages. Um, we did talk before we came on air as to whether I now have the, um, have the casting vote as to who it should be, but we, we decided, I think somebody said that was too much power in the hands of one person, which is the first time anybody's ever said that about me, which is quite nice. Um, so um, I think we're going to put it on our Facebook page. We'll put it on Twitter. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And um, then I'll announce that it's Kike next time we do the pod. Um, oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, I'd love to, love to hear from you and hear your thoughts on, um, on that. Um, just before we move on, though, one other point just on the second base. It's just interesting, given the success that we have had for the last however many years, that we've managed to do it without a sort of an out-and-out stud elite um, second baseman. Um, I mean, if you look at the Hall of Fame stats and the players in the Hall of Fame by position, second base ranks towards the bottom of the list. So only third base and catcher have got less players in the Hall of Fame than second base. So maybe, maybe we, maybe you don't need it to be be successful. But um, it's just not necessarily for. Well, Ian, what are your views on that? Uh, no, I think it's a very interesting point. Uh, when I was uh, when I was looking up the argument, I noticed, uh, you know, again, I I, I don't gen- generally research further than uh, further than the first couple of pages of Google. In all honesty, but I was very interesting to me to see that we had eleven starting uh, eleven different starting first basemen in the last fifteen years. Uh, so going back to two thousand and nine, uh, Jeff Kent, uh, Blake DeWitt, and Jamie Carroll, Mark Ellis, who Leon mentioned before, Justin Turner, 
Howie Kendrick, Chase Utley, Logan Forsyth, then three years of Kike um, before the last two years, it's been it's been Gavin Lux uh, uh, coming in there. Um, so I, I think you're absolutely right in terms of uh, the way Dodgers have approached second baseman um, and seen it as a potentially less important defensive position and looking more about moving people in their platooning and, and as an opportunity for, for offence rather than prioritising defence. I think it would be nice if, if Gavin Lux did settle down into uh, as our long-term second baseman. He's looked quite comfortable there this season. Uh, he's he's looked solid at the bottom of the order as always. You know, we settled him into that space. But for another chat, he sort of strikes me as a Verdugo candidate for a trade uh, when something comes up in a, in a couple of years. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, yeah, as I said, watch out for it on Facebook and Twitter. Give us your thoughts and we'll work out who should be the second base player in our dream team at a future pod. Um, now we're going to move. We're going to move back round the diamond to first base and our current first baseman. Um, there's been a been a bit in the news at the moment about about Freddie Freeman. Um, did he or did he not want to leave Atlanta? Did his did his agent was his agent completely honest with him about the various offers? Is he sad to be in in the Dodgers? That there's there's been so many conspiracies flying around. Um, we're not quite seen one yet that says he was abducted by aliens and taken there but it's only a matter of time um leon what do you what do you make of the whole um the whole freddie freeman situation it's it's been a bit of a strange one um i started the weekend feeling like oh that's really nice and then ended it on the sunday when we were losing admittedly with uh this is this is a bit bit too much uh, at the moment um it's like going back to a you know a, a previous relationship uh you've had the good times memories come flooding back if you haven't had that bad a fallout um and he you know he spent a great deal of his career there i think he was, he was in the majors for sort of or, or with the organization for at least 12 years um he finished it at the very top of the game by winning the world series um he went through some incredibly bad braves teams um and if the truth is that he didn't find out about that final offer um from a place that you know he was happy he seemed settled um He's got every every right to be upset. Um, it's difficult to really sort of get a full grasp on on who's telling the truth and who isn't telling the truth. Um, but ultimately, um, although it was a bit of a distraction, um, he had a very big hit on the game on Sunday and we won the series. Um, so we worked through it. He worked through it. He's been fantastic over the last few weeks, um, particularly last week where he was the NL, NL player of the week. So I don't think it's quite as big a deal as, as people are making it out to be. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we've got to remember he's only human, irrespective of what his job is. And and if anybody who's ever changed jobs will probably know, the first few days in a new job are fabulous. It's the best thing you ever did. Then you go through that period of of doubting yourself, thinking, "What the hell have I done?" And I should have stayed put. And then it corrects itself, and you you carry on. And and you know, in that respect, he's probably no different to anybody else. I I also think it's fair to say if you if you if you come at it from another perspective, if if Kershaw had, as some of the rumours had had him a while back, if he had left the Dodgers and gone down to Texas you're not telling me he wouldn't have had exactly the same kind of reception if he'd returned to LA and maybe many of those people moaning about about the reception Freeman was given and, and accepted would be giving Kershaw exactly the same reception back in LA so there's an element of what goes around comes around um Ian what's your what's your thoughts on it uh yeah so I mean I was I, my main thing is that I, I thought it was I, I think it's largely a story about nothing um i i do think it, it does seem that 
that that Freddie Freeman really wasn't told about this last offer. Uh, potentially his agent knew he wanted to stay in LA and there was a few more quid in it for him um, by because he knew the Dodgers would would offer more. Or he, he, he anticipated that he felt he could he could twist the Dodgers' arm into uh, into uh, into paying more and how much they wanted him as a, as a player. And I, it sounds like I think we all knew that Freeman. Freeman's first choice was to stay in Atlanta and it became apparent when when the signing of Olsen was announced that that wasn't going to happen. Uh, I remember at the time there was some scathing um, reports uh, about the way Atlanta behaved. Um, but if Freeman wasn't being given the information by his agent, uh, former agent now, then, you know, I, I, the club to a certain degree, the ball club, are, are excused. Uh, uh, from 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 some of that, I think they have once they receive an ultimatum like the one that's been reported, like you've got an hour to offer this, or we're or we're going or we're going to walk. Uh, then they have to make something. They've decided they're not going to be strong-armed into something, and they're going to take a, a younger player with 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 more years left, which is exactly what they did. Um, I was trying to cast my mind back to uh, players who received uh, ovations uh, of of such a of such significant ovations on their return. And Chase Utley, who we've already spoken about quite a lot, received quite the ovation from Philadelphia uh, when he returned there as a Dodger. Um, Leon and I were talking about it earlier on, and Leon reminded me that he, uh, that, he uh, that, that on that day, he he promptly thanked them for this ovation by hitting uh, two home runs in the game, including a grand slam. So, but I do think if you look at the way that, if you look at the way that, um, the way that these two guys are made up by these two guys, I mean, Freddie Freeman, I mean, Chase Utley, Freddie Freeman wears his heart on his sleeve. He's an emotional guy. If you want to use the phrase of a, a, a modern man, um, you know, he, him, he and Chase Utley could not be more different characters. I was listening to the Locked on Dodgers podcast, which is a fantastic podcast, except for the adverts. You won't get any podcasts. You won't get, you won't get any adverts on our podcast because no one will pay us to come on here. Uh, <laughs> and until then, uh, you're safe on here. But Locked on Dodgers, Jeff Snyder is one of the hosts on there. He's at Snydog on Twitter if anyone uh, wants to follow him. He's a very passionate Dodgers fan. And he, and he basically said that Chase Utley is he's hard as nails. Uh, he's, he doesn't think he would squeal if someone chopped his leg off. He'd just go, oh, my, my leg's being chopped off. Uh, whereas Freddie Freeman, I, you know, I, I think would, would would react to that in a bit more of an emotional fashion, um, and perhaps the example is a bit daft, uh, but I, but I think you have these different characters, and Leon's already said that uh, Freeman his performance wasn't affected. I'm pretty sure he was four for twelve across the series with a few walks thrown in there. Um, again, that big hit as well uh, that, that that Leon referred to, and. You know, I think the fan base showing love for their marquee player of the last uh, of the last twelve years. I've got I've got no problem with it whatsoever. Um, I, I I don't think that there's too much of a story here. I think he wanted to be in Atlanta. His second choice was the Dodgers. He's with the Dodgers now, and he's a professional, and he's going to do and he's going to do a job. I don't think he hates being here. I don't think he's. Uh, I don't think he'll be mad about it for long. I think he's mad with his agent. He's not disappointed to be a Dodger. It's just all very, it's just all very, uh, very different. 
Yeah, I think if he ended up in Arizona, it might have been a bit different. Um, Leon, what's, what's you got any got any final comments on this? I was just going to offer ten percent off Manscaped, um, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, as I say, with, with regards, as long as he goes out there and gets gets the job done, which he is, it, it's not going to be an issue for too much longer. Um, the next time we face Atlanta is going to be postseason, so it probably will blow up again. But you know, as I say, if what was what has been said was wasn't said to Freddie. It's a hell of a bombshell to, to find out that, you know, there was an offer that wasn't passed on. Um, so I'd, I'd be upset as well. Um, as I say, ultimately worked out okay for the Dodgers. Uh, we won the game, or the series, two of the, two, two, two of the games. Uh, and against a tough opposition who have been playing very good baseball over the last couple of months, they've closed the gap significantly on the Mets. Uh, they've made the NL East competitive again, and then we've gone in there and, and, and won the series. Um, so ultimately, although it was it was a little bit of a distraction, uh, it probably distracted the players a bit, as judging by Kershaw's comments. But we move on, uh, and we face the Padres, and, and Freddie continues to hit. Hopefully, indeed, indeed. And moving on brings us to our preview of the um, of the week ahead, and we are going to do week ahead uh, rather than just some random number of games. So. We have got four starting today at home against San Diego, including the fourth in that series, which is a UK-friendly time, uh, 10 past nine UK time. Uh, and we then have three at home to the Rockies. So, Ian, seven games. What, how do you want to predict that? We're going to sweep the Padres and then get swept by the Rockies. No doubt in my mind. Okay. Very decisive. Um you know we're at home against the Rockies, yeah? Colorado have got our number. They're the best team in baseball this year. Okay. We'll market the podcast about the Dodgers on that going forward, shall we? Um, Leon, what do you... I'm going to make a note of that. I, I, we don't normally keep notes of, of predictions, but I am going to, I am going to keep a note of that. Um, Leon, what do you reckon? Uh, I think we could go 2-2 two and two against the Padres and 2-1 and one against the Rockies. Um, there is an interesting stat that we've lost uh, 30% of our games against uh, just a game, or well, 30% of our defeats have come against the Rockies and the Pirates this season, which is a really weird stat uh, considering the quality of this team and, and the uh, apparent poor quality uh, based on the standings of the Rockies and the Pirates. Um, but it also probably highlights how good we've been against a lot of other teams, a lot of the stronger teams. Uh, so I'm going to flip that stat, ugly stat on its head and make it into a, a prettier butterfly of a stat um, so yeah I, th- I think we'll be alright going forward um, we've got you know obviously Julio settled in a lot uh, the Catman's looking fantastic Anton struggled a little bit perhaps over the uh, these last couple of starts but if struggling is giving up four runs and we score more it's, it's not such a bad thing indeed indeed well I'm going to go I, I'm going to be Slightly more vague than the two of you, and I'm just going to say we're going to win five. I don't mind which five, but we're going to win five. And frankly, if we take five from seven, that should be good enough for anybody. Um, right, that brings us to the um, sort of the final bit, the AOB. Um, Leon, have you got anything anything you wanted to bring up on on under AOB? Um, just a quick call out to anyone that's going down to uh, Home Run uh, Derby X in Crystal Palace. Uh, I'll be there with a couple of friends, and non-Dodgers fans, one's an Angels, one's a Blue Jay. Um, but I'll be wearing a lot of Dodgers gear and there is hopefully if there's a, enough of us we can take the opportunity to get a UK Dodger fans uh, photograph um, which will 
be a momentous occasion and yeah, it will look great on the internet and maybe one day we'll get one with all the Dodge and Sleep crew because none of us have ever actually met each other in person. Um, so that's on the agenda for uh, for another time. Indeed. Ian, anything from you? Um, yeah, there is actually. So uh, I'm <laughs> not Dodgers related, because, but you know me, I like to go off, go off tangent. I'm not going to mention... Uh, you know, that thing I did on the weekend again, either. Um, but I do want to give a little shout out to UK Blind Baseball. Um, I was contacted, uh, those of you who don't know, I'm the general manager of a baseball club based out of Liverpool, Liverpool Trojans. Um, and recently uh, through through our website, I was contacted by a guy called Matt, um, who, is a, uh, a, who is a visually impaired athlete. Um, and uh, he's played a lot of cricket over the years. He's really into his, uh, really into his sport. And he's really interested in setting up a visually impaired branch of the Trojans. And they had uh, their first training session on our diamond uh, on, on Tuesday night. And we are incredibly excited uh, about what uh, this might mean for the club going forward. One of my big bugbears about being involved in uh, an amateur sport such as baseball in this country has been the lack of accessibility. So being able to uh, to, to see an accessible format of the game start to come to life and to potentially be a part of that uh, as a club is something that we're incredibly excited about and could be incredibly proud of. Uh, and we're watch this space, uh, hopefully more on that to come over the, over the next few weeks, months, uh, years, as we try and get that set up and, uh, and running properly. Excellent. Great. Good, good shout out. Um, only one from me, which is um, it, it was brought up, very briefly earlier on in a sort of tangential way but um if anybody would like to throw heaps of money at us and sponsor the podcast we are always happy we'll we'll wear your merchandise we'll reference your products during the pod we'll do whatever you want we're we're, we're not proud but just send a load of money our way and we'd we'd love to hear from you big big fan of nord vpn they throw many people so yeah i'm happy to nord vpn everything I believe there's quite a lot of Ferrari and Porsche drivers who listen to this podcast as well. So there, there could be some business for them if they'd like to throw some cars our way to help. We're happy to help them out with sales. Um, anyway, um, that's enough witching on from me. Uh, all that's left to say is thank you to Ian and Leon for joining me tonight. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time. All the best. Bye.